This is the Hawthorne effect, right? It starts with Renee Descartes, a life lived that's unexamined is not worth living. So in business, the Hawthorne effect, what the Hawthorne effect is, is whatever you track and measure, you improve its performance by 10 to 20 percent. I use this when I go to review a company, uh, you track, you measure, and it makes all the difference in the world. Sports betting, 52.5 percent is break even. We are at the uh, last two years, we've been 64 percent through the whole season. This year, uh, did a recount and uh, 21 and 12, I went 21 and 12, 64%, 52% is pretty even. They came out to a little bit over uh, $14,000, right? So uh, we're happy with that, but every week it's different. Things change. And if you're not reviewing the, the picks you got wrong, right? You're not executing the process. So if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So I brought a guy who's smarter, tougher than I am, younger than I am. <laughs> uh, he's playing for uh, the Arena League. Las Vegas Nighthawks. That's, no. that's the... All right. You got to give me some Las Vegas Nighthawks gear. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's more than that, man. Definitely. Uh, it's going to be good timing, too, uh, during the NCAAs. Of course, the yep. sports are dizzy the NCAA. Get back to Vegas as Delta gets killed. Um, so he's a football player. His brother's a starting quarterback at Oregon State. So not only – he helps me with the element, too, of not only do we give you business and financial concepts – not only do we give you picks so you can make $14,000 in a weekend watching football, right? Uh, we also give you things for your long-term, right? Higher level thinking is long-term thinking. Hawthorne effect is something every business should do. Everybody in your personal finances, personal life should have a systematic review of that. We're doing it with sports bank. And uh, Chad, you've done this a little bit last year when you came on board. You've had zero losing weeks. It's including yep. last week so this is a big part of it because every week changes and you really got to give yourself a reality check because mm -hmm. the same way the number one rule of betting is not and i'll go ahead and finish publishing that article everywhere in the episode notes on twitter top 10 rules of betting and i've updated it uh if you don't do this you will get a losing week 
it, it, it does happen. 80% better lose. So for us to be on this elite level, you have to give yourself a reality train, right? And men, we're supposed to know it all, right? Uh, uh, the name of the show was uh, Daddy, Daddy Knows All or whatever, right? Hogan Knows All. So if you don't have all the answers, it's embarrassing, it's humiliating, right? People want to fire you if you don't know anything. So you want to avoid those feelings. So part of mental toughness, part of being a tough guy is not just being able to beat everybody up, right? Or just buy yourself out of a mess. Also being a tough guy is confronting your feelings and getting through them. And unfortunately, about 95% of people can't change or can't do this process. So even though it's a mentally brutal process, admitting that you are wrong sometimes or that you didn't do enough research, right? Kind of gives you an edge on everybody else in business and life. That makes sense, Chad? Oh, yeah, I love it. I mean, I think the Hawthorne effect too, just, you know, we always talk about this being a collaborative effort, you know, like we're all putting in information, you know, we can, we only have one set of eyes. We get information, we talk about it, we see things. And with this, I think it's the ultimate, um, you know, like the epitome of the collaboration because we're, you know, now as a group going back as men, like you said, together, seeing where we were both wrong, where, where we were individually wrong, right. checking each other's thinking, hearing, you know, what you how what you thought was wrong, how what I thought was wrong. It really just drives forward um, that week to week, you know, that that progression that we're looking for and that consistency that, you know, we have to have every week to maintain our profits. Right. Right. 100 percent. So let's go through through the games. So in sports betting, you have to be able to dif differentiate games you got wrong because of falsy thinking. We use decision science and put the method on the episode notes. You gather as much information as possible. You apply math and then you use logic until you come up with a decision. So did you do that process? What did you see that was wrong versus then in probability theory and sports betting, there's a 20% luck factor. Uh, and, that's, and that's where people say, oh, it's hard to predict human behavior. It's not really. <laughs> but there's a 20% variance and we don't have degrees in psychotherapy. So, but 60% of business is knowing psychology. And understanding that. Now, when you're poor and middle class, you have to make business decisions and make good business decisions without having all of the information, right? So it's not an excuse and we're not in the locker room that don't know the game plan, but we do know the fundamentals and basics of football. And we see with your, with your eyes, right? So you go through this process and the end result of it is that if you listen to the podcast the last two years, you have 10 times more money than when you started with, all right? That's the outcome. So every business meeting has a purpose and an outcome. So that's been the outcome. Outcome for Chad is no losing weeks since he's been listening to the podcast and using his concepts. The first game is Tampa Bay, right? Uh, probability theory, there's this maxim. The surgeon did the surgery perfect, but the patient died. I think that's what happened here. Uh, other than, well, even the under, I'm not too upset about because 
once Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay would have had a big lead, right? Then the game changes. Start running it, start cutting the game in half, but they turned the ball over in the red zone. Uh, Godwin, right? Guy who's very reliable with the football. Uh, he turns it over inside the five-yard line. Ronald Jones, first carry. He's had, Ronald Jones has had fumbling problems. So it'll be interesting how they handle that or if they even cut him. First, first carry this year, boom, fumbles. He might get another chance. He fumbles again, he's gone. So the Bucs committed several turnovers. Uh, the other part of it was that, again, uh, you got passers and throwers. Dak Prescott is turning into a passer. He used to be a thrower from Mississippi State. Uh, you get three first downs with your legs. You won 70% of the games. Jerry Jones believes in that. That's why Dak's there. So they put the game on him, and he committed a crucial turnover. So did Lamar Jackson in the last two games, where they're trying to win it with their arms. Uh, defenses are telling him, hey, beat us, right? And they can't beat him, but our concern is spread. And it was Tampa Bay minus seven. And Dak actually played well. It was a short passing game. And then when he tried to extend the passing game, he threw it in the middle into quadruple coverage with the interception. Every interception that we predicted. Uh, you take those two turnovers away from Tampa Bay. Uh, Dak would have tried to extend plays longer. There would have been more turnovers and Tampa Bay would have covered. So that one, I'm not, I don't think any faulty thinking on my part. It was just the 20% lack fact that went against me. Uh, but maybe I should have picked the over. What do you think, Jack? Tampa Bay, Dallas. Um, man, I think it, it's, it's falling on the, on the luck side as well. Um, I mean, we did talk about two offensive minded coaches, um, you know, but in that spot of the season, we thought they're, you know, set new longer season. We thought they're going to try to preserve the defense a little bit, tend to go under, think the turnovers are unlucky. I think, um, you know, if we don't get those two first half turnovers, uh, you know, Buccaneers are probably up 21, seven, um, versus trailing and, that changed the whole aspect of, um, you know, the game likes going over and, and the spread, um, you know, even in with that Florida second half line, you know, I ended up taking Tampa Bay with the second half line, you know, they were looking great. I mean, Godwin catches the ball inside right. the 10 yard line. Right. He just holds on to the damn ball, puts it in. They cover that second half line. No problem. They cover the game line and it stays under, um, I think it uh, very easily should have been where we were. I think we fell on the luck side. I do think the Cowboys offense um, clicking like that. And, you know, I don't think Dak took too many preseason snaps. It didn't really seem to affect him too bad. They were jumping early on. I think I, I kind of underestimated them. CD lamb looked right. great. looks like he can be a legit, you know, first team, all pro caliber guy. Good big um, time. So, but he committed yeah. a turnover too, right? Dropped the pass. Yeah. He did have some drops. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that one, yeah, yeah, that, that one I didn't feel too bad about. Uh, one that I did was Jacksonville at Houston. Houston is tanking, but those guys work hard. They work hard in the heat. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tyron Taylor, 
I think the first 22 for Houston, just as good as anybody else. Uh, Tyron Taylor played great. So you're looking at it. Uh, Tyron Taylor is a more experienced quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. Urban Myers, a college coach. <laughs> he hasn't coached in the NFL against guys that hit coach for Houston, coached in the NFL for 20 years. Uh, and it went over. So uh, Trevor Lawrence threw three interceptions. I thought Urban Meyer, and still think to some extent, has a plan for the NFL. That's why he interviewed Jerry Jones. That's why he took this job. But the other thing is, maybe he took the job for the $10 million he's making a year. <laughs> he doesn't have a plan. Uh, whatever plan he had, it didn't work at Houston, which is a middle team with no depth. So as the season goes on, the depth is going to catch up with the Titans. This game, uh, they played okay. They benefited from all those uh, Jaguar turnovers and a more experienced quarterback and Tyron Taylor uh, getting those three first downs with his legs and covering. So that one, I should have factored in more Tyron Taylor uh, and then uh, over Trevor Lawrence, right? Trevor Lawrence committing those uh, three interceptions. Even that, that they were going to take it easy on Trevor and not put him in that type of situation, but they did, so. What are your thoughts on that game? That one is bad thinking, so I have to check yeah. that and check my thinking. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that. I mean, just uh, that quarterback evaluation, you know, I think maybe we, we both kind of maybe got caught up in the uh, the Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence hype and bias. Right. A little, a little Colin Cowherd hype. Right. Uh, but, yeah, think like listening to you evaluate while wow, the experience that Tyrod Taylor had um, – yeah, I think that that played a huge impact first game of the year. This Jacksonville team wasn't a very good team last year. Is you know adding Urban Meyer and a first round quarterback necessarily going to make a, a, a instant impact? Uh, nice. I think it's going to take a little longer. I don't think we evaluated how quick you know that that would be turned around. I think you know the trenches and other you know sometimes a quarterback isn't going to you know sometimes you need other spots. Some you know um, and with Trevor being the gunslinger that he is. Uh, got him in trouble. You know, he tried to be a gunslinger and threw picks, and that those picks uh, drove the game to the over. So I think, yeah, if we would have evaluated the quarterbacks a little more and maybe um, just, you know, like it's Urban, Urban's adjusting to the pro system, so right. is Trevor. There's going to be an adjustment period we always talk about. Um, it's not going to be instant transition. So, yeah, I mean, evaluating him and, and those turnovers, you know, that, that definitely is why the game got over. So right. the teams are going to load the box and Trevor Lawrence all day. So I thought they were going to roll them out, do something. I'm sure they will to get those, especially at home. They're going to roll them out, get those defensive linemen tired. <laughs> Make it simple, right? Uh, yep. In finance, anything is too more is complicated. So this big argument in sports betting, right? Uh, can you predict turnovers? Uh, like your opinion on this chat, uh, thinking about it for many years, the answer is no. I do not. And that's when, when I first started sports betting, guys that knew uh, kind of told me that. Don't factor in uh, turnovers, right? Because you can't predict turnovers. However, like everything else in life, right? Uh, you can only be certain of an event and probability theory up to 80%. The 20% luck factor. Teams like 
I needed to factor in too Quinn, the defensive coordinator, Dallas, Pete Carroll. Those guys, you know, and they won a lot of games, won Super Bowls, national titles, Nick Saban, Alabama, Belichick. They all feel they can create turnovers. So if a coach thinks that, and some teams are, you know, like uh, Cleveland for years, uh, Baker Manfield has been a turnover machine. It's something you factor in. You don't say, oh, I predict you're going to get four turnovers in the game, whatever. You don't do that, but you kind of factor it in, right? Nothing's ever clear cut like that. And uh, four turnovers by Jacksonville really made a difference in that, in that situation. And, and it was maybe a little bit uh, predictable. Another game, uh, I kind of went back and forth. That's why I did not pick Tennessee minus three. I picked them on the money line. And we did get the under 54 Arizona against Tennessee. One guy can get three first downs with his legs, right? Those teams went 70% of the time. The other one is a statued quarterback in Tannehill. Uh, there, there's been issues with Tennessee's being in shape. And that's something I noticed, right? There's a lot of teams that were out of shape, a lot of defensive backs that were out of shape. I'll let uh, Chad answer that. What's going on in the offseason? Is it COVID? The guys are out a month with Moderna. Uh, is it what Gruden's saying that they can't practice as much as they do and you got to rely guys to do their own? conditioning but I saw a lot of uh guys take it to the house and a fast cornerback has the angle the guy still runs by both college and pro then the Giants game Giants defensive line completely were gassed right they were they were out of shape to play a four quarter game how do you kind of evaluate that I mean I think chasing Kyler Murray around for four quarters really just right. wear it on on Tennessee, I mean, you know, he's a great athlete. He 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 buys a lot of time. He runs back and forth and back and in that heat, you know, not being a little out of shape, being in that type of heat. I just don't think um, that's one thing I didn't factor in, in that game. It's just I I just think I really underestimated the Cardinals and what they can do. And like, if I'm looking at pure quarterback to quarterback, I think I like Murray right now better than Tannehill, and right. that, and the the way he buys time with his legs and extended plays was the difference and yeah. make making those plays, you know, those late throws. And I think just, yeah, where, I mean, where's on the defense chasing that dude around back, back behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I don't know if he can do that every game, right? Cause he has been injury prone. Now he does have DeAndre Hopkins, Randall Moore and AJ Green. He's a great receiving core. They have a great offensive line. Uh, what are they going to do in between the twin? Once they get into the red zone. Uh, Tennessee figured they were at a rush three drop eight. They have a spy on him. Uh, Tannehill, I believe, was sacked six times. So that tells us that that Tennessee offensive line, right? Make sure I put this in now. That Tennessee offensive line, not very good. So what happens is they're going to have to do things to mitigate that, right? You're going to have to put in a tight, a tight end. 
Um, I have to run the ball more, maybe do better play action passing, right? It doesn't mean when you find a weakness in a team, it doesn't mean that they're just going to start losing every game because of that weakness. But you have to factor in, okay, now they're going to have to do different things. So if people hurt on the offensive line, somebody's coming back, it's going to be good. So that was a huge uh, difference in that game. Tannehill sacks at times, throws an interception. Derek Henry, 17 rushes for 58 yards, 3.4 yards of carry. So that, uh, that Cardinal defensive line was like that. That's, that's something to factor in. Maybe it's especially in division games. Those division games are going to go under in the beginning. Yeah. Because uh, Vegas is going to say, oh, and I mean, this is a good part of the gas line, the line that goes on <laughs> major media, right? Because you can say, oh, it's going to be a high-powered game. The Rams against the, the Arizona Cardinals, right? And people are going to bet the over like crazy. So it'll be an easy win for us, marketing efficiency go the other side so on that one i should have done more research on what was going on with that titans offensive line now we know right which was good about the first week the fact that we made it out of the first week with a lot of profit now we got some intel on the titans um both offensive line that can move these guys off the ball and uh, the cardinals defensive line uh doing a good job maybe hiding you know hiding weaknesses in the secondary what are your thoughts on that one but i think we the, both got that one wrong, right yeah, yeah we already went through the times one yeah we're good on that okay so we got uh one that I, we'll ask him tomorrow to elaborate on that but uh scott already told me that, uh the skins game right uh we were like man there's something with wine uh, we got the under Right, save that. So we didn't lose money yeah. in that game, but yeah, it's really one play, and Fitzgerald was hurt. So that's the thing you have to make decisions without having all the information. So Fitzpatrick to be on the roster was masking an injury. He played hurt. Only a guy that's played twenty years can can go ahead and uh, con the whole coaching staff, <laughs> training staff to have him go out there. He, he shouldn't have been out there. They finally pulled them in the second half, and uh, the skin don't cover. I'm saying if Henneke's there or healthy Fitzpatrick, they beat the Chargers. The Chargers, like to use the words of Dennis Green, were what they thought they were. They play good defense. Offense yeah. is good enough. But uh, Washington should have won that game. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to uh, see. So who ended up playing quarterback for them? Uh, this guy named Tyler Henneke, he's actually good. He was okay, in, yeah, no, I he saw the second know. half of the Tampa game last yeah, year. I saw, him, I, saw him, I saw him play last year. Yeah, okay. So, man, yeah, I mean, that's just tough not having that information. Um, right. I mean, it, the, I think the uh, Washington defense was kind of what we thought. You know, the D-line was, played well, you know, for right. that under. We so, we uh, we got that stuff all right. But, um, yeah, we just – you know, we thought we were getting a veteran QB in Fitzpatrick um, that we didn't get, and it kind of – I mean, it was a close game. It really could have gone either way. They, You know, they, 
Yeah, no, no, I feel fine about that one. Herbert, short passing game is a young quarterback. They don't want yeah. to take chances because the Chargers have a good defense. Austin Eckler was 15 rushes for 57 yards, 3.8 yards to carry. They pretty much stuffed him. It was just if Patrick shouldn't have been out there. Hanky's worth a touchdown in the first yeah. half. So I don't feel bad about that one, right? Differentiating the bets you got wrong because you're bad thinking versus the luck factor. Uh, one game that I got wrong, but you got right, was the Falcons in the Philadelphia Philadelphia's ready to play. Uh, they, yep. they beat them. They have a better roster. Wasn't factoring in how bad the Falcons' roster is. Uh, they have nothing, no Hulu Jones anymore. I should have done more research on that one. On, on the Falcons at home. Uh, one game got completely right, Seattle. So no problems there. Another game I thought was I got right, it was just the luck factor, was the under on the Bengals game. You and I had the right side on the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> Plus yeah, that that game should have they should have won that game in regulation. The over that would, that only only went over because of overtime. That was right. bad luck. Bad luck. That should have been under and Bengals should have won by three in regulation. Right. Now retrospect, a game that I probably should have gotten. Well, I got the side right, and I got it through uh, marketing inefficiency because Shanahan in San Francisco likes to run it. So that goes to the under. Garoppolo's a disaster, right? Uh, now they're doing, and I like your thoughts on this. Now they're doing, and I don't think it's going to last the whole season. It never does. But they're going with the two quarterback system where Lance comes in. And it's not that every time Lance comes in, he's going to run it. He has his own package, right? Yeah, we saw that with the Bears, too, with Fields. Right. So they both have uh, – let me know if I'm right on this, right? They have two packets, uh, packages. There's a series, and a, and a set of series is a package. And then you have plays. So you have plays, series of plays, plays that used to set up things later on. And you have a whole package for one guy. And you have a whole package for another guy. And it's all based – of what they do well in practice. So the coach takes well, which plays they do well in practice, practice, then they go plays, series, and then practice, right? So, uh, Lions secondary, needed to do more research. Lions secondary is horrible. They're really, really bad. Really, you should be you should be in, in the secondary for Detroit getting up to <laughs> right because <laughs> they they it, they wasn't even close and Shanahan right that's why he got a team to the Super Bowl learned stuff from his dad uh, he got as offensive coordinator got Atlanta in the Super Bowl then offensive coordinator with a really bad quarterback he gets San Francisco in the Super because when you give Shanahan time right. He schemes guys wide open. That's another thing I've seen. Really good offensive coaches stuck in the pandemic or thinking about plays, right? They're obsessing about plays, how to get guys wide open. I noticed that really offensive-minded, obsessed coaches came up with plays where guys were wide open. Shanahan did that. So then the Lions start coming back as San Francisco plays into a deep zone 
and uh, they came all the way back. So what does that do? They make the game over. That line started at San Francisco minus seven, but San Francisco inflated line. We were 80% last year in West Coast inflated lines. The Silicon Valley guys in that Bay Area, they gave, uh, what, a million dollars to Gavin Newsom for his campaign, and then start with a bankroll of a million dollars, start betting every game 100 grand on uh, blindly on the 49ers. We'll go over the hill to Nevada. I just set the 49er line up because it went from seven to 10. I nabbed it at 10. Yeah, I got it at nine and a half. (laughs) Yeah, so we both both covered that. Because what they won, but they won by nine. Right? Was that it? I think they won by eight. Eight? Okay, yeah. So you're even good. Yeah, they were in it, uh, golf being golf. But uh, they're down at the 20. They could have scored, gotten a two point conversion. A very tired San Francisco. Uh, defense. Yeah, but no, that, that that Lions defense, I mean, the way the 49ers jumped on them early, that game was pretty much on overpace from the get-go. It was going to be uh, right, right. going to have to be some pretty stout. So I should have done my research more, and I was wrong that Detroit had enough of a running game keep their defense off the field <laughs> yeah <laughs> right no. so i was wrong on that wrong so i got that another yeah. one that was uh again luck factor but not really uh the chiefs hey going back to that Cleveland. lions game who, who who was who was running starting running back for the lions do you know off the top of your head yeah he played really well i'm trying to think of his name uh oh Got it right here. Hold on one second. You play great. I'm not a fantasy guy, but uh, definitely get because you can play a lot. He had six yards to create Jamal Williams. Jamal BYU. Williams. Okay. Yeah. 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 He was. He was good. Uh, Did they have any other Swift basket care? Well, Swift. Okay. Swift. And your guy from Oregon State. I don't think he. He's on the practice squad. Yeah, it was a number three. He's yeah. I don't think he, he's yeah. he he. Yeah, but I so said he made the right. He didn't get cut though. I think he, no, he, he made. Which so he's in there. He's hanging in yeah, there. I wish he was with your brother, man. He could have made himself into a second or third round pick. Oh yeah, they could go. They could go win a Pac-12 championship and. Oh yeah. Oof. Right. But Williams played well. He was an explosive. Goff played well. I don't know if they maybe showed too much of the offense in that game because I thought they were going to do Swift, but he threw fifty-seven times. Okay. For 338. So, you know, it, it's a short passing game. All these dumb quarterbacks, right? Your yep. Dak Prescott's, all these guys, short passing game. Can't trust yep, them. Yep. All right. So, so you're going on to the Chiefs now. Yeah. yeah the two Chiefs, guys who Chiefs who minus. Can't six. trust down the field Patrick Mahomes and uh, Baker Mayfield. Both these guys can run, both can get three yards, uh, three first downs with their legs. Uh, both defenses uh, look very average. Uh, Chiefs are going to def- uh, are going to really what they're doing is copying the Bucks as much as possible, and going to attempt to win games by getting a lead and then having their defensive line close right, like a closer in uh, baseball. Yeah. Baker Mayfield had one interception. Thing you have to watch with the Browns is uh, turnovers. And Callahan's a great offensive line coach. Wherever he goes, 
to make the, the belief the playoffs. So it was a good, clean game. Two teams have been in the playoffs. And then to ruin my cover, and it's something you predict. Andy Reid was Andy Reid. What happens? He gets that lead he wants to get. He runs out the clock. So they had it within two minutes. They had it at like the 25-yard line. All they have to do is take a field goal second cover. But uh, it only wouldn't have made the game seven-point difference, right? So you, you can't give the other team the ball. So I should have thought that, and I should have gone over. Uh, it was bad thinking on my part. That game is going over no matter what. Uh, times has changed, right? In normal circumstances, this game would have gone under. However, I think COVID has changed things. And uh, Andy Reid's a good barometer to that because he's an old school coach. He believes in hitting. He believes in, you know, having a good, tough defense. But there was over 60 points scored in that game. So that was bad thinking on my part. If you live in the past, you stay in the past. So this has been a good pick in 2019, 2018. Bad pick because we're in 2021. What do you think about that game? I think you got that game right, didn't you? No, I'm on the same side as you. I had the under, and I had the Chiefs minus the six. So that was the own two. That was one of my few games. I'm maybe only the only two that that happened on. But yeah, I think. uh, I mean, the the Chiefs defense. In the you know not being super sharp, you know compared to the the Browns, you know the Browns offense versus the Chiefs defense. The Browns are going to put some points up. Right. Chiefs are always good, good for some points. Um, yeah, I think the big, I think the biggest thing I miss, I think maybe just the Chiefs defense thinking that they were going to be more stout and, and uh, um, you know when it, they you know the Browns are able to move the ball pretty fluently. So I think it, it uh, you know when both teams are moving the ball, uh, it just sets up for that. You know it's an over environment. You know. Right. Teams are moving the ball up the field, both teams. Yeah. Next game, I got wrong. And thankfully, and thanks to uh, Chad, because you, during the podcast, talked me into the money line on the Saints and Raiders. (laughs) So those two money lines I got. Or even, Mm -hmm. I think, the logic from the Raiders, I ended up using with the Saints as well. Yeah. That one. So thanks for the assist on that. But a game that's pure luck factor, in my opinion, let me know your thoughts, was we got the under all the way with with the Patriots and uh, Miami. Uh But he even talked about it on the podcast where Belichick, I mean, if you fumbled the ball, you would get cut. So he had two fumbles, two losses, right? And that was the game right there. Both times they were driving, they kicked field goals, which you're going to love to do. Believe me, New England's only going to show the red zone plays later on in the season in division games. So I think if luck factored out, the thinking was exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. I mean, that game was, it was, it was going right up Belichick's alley, kind of going exactly how he wanted. Um, And I mean, those turnovers. It's kind of similar to that Buccaneers game and those turnovers. Right. It just, yeah, I mean, those two games really uh, feel good about the side. I think we processed it right with our thoughts. We just, you know, you're not going to get them all with that luck factor. You know, sometimes the ball is going to bounce, bounce the other way. 
No, exactly. Exactly. Patriots are going to play a game like that, conservative game like that, really good defense. Uh, you know, better ball security. I mean, I mean basic yeah. stuff that you chew, Pee Wee Lee, ball yeah. security first thing. But uh, the Patriots unders are going to, I mean, look, they look pretty good all year. We're gonna right. we're gonna we're gonna stay out on those heavy, big time. And all the others work really well for us. We got eleven unders, so we're like eleven and five with the unders. Yeah. Money, money, money. Uh, one game that I got wrong, bad thinking. More research. It was the same thing. More research. Like I didn't research enough the Titans' offensive line. I didn't research enough the Giants' uh, offensive line. Or. They couldn't uh, get any space for running, and they couldn't pass for tech. So even the frontline players are bad, right? And they got checks they have injuries or whatever, but they were horrible. Uh, again, I misjudged uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Same way I did Tyron Taylor. Teddy Bridgewater was on point. And thought it was going to go over, right? Just because the number was so low. But uh, you know, the coach for Denver, head coach, is big defensive guy, great schemer, regardless of the talent he had, big Pangio. And uh, the Giants did absolutely nothing. And Denver only scored. And that's a good thing because I was listening to the radio broadcast of the Giants. Denver only scored off turnovers. And because late in that fourth quarter, uh, because they were on the field all game and because they lacked depth and they're out of shape, the Giants defensive line uh, tanked and just um, basically either gave up or they were really tired. What do you thought, Chad? Yeah, did, did you go with the Giants in that game? Yeah, I went with the Giants. You you were actually got it right, right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I took Denver because I thought I well, look yeah. at your... Yeah, you got that one right. I got it wrong. I'm trying to find your post on Twitter because I could have sworn I saw you post a Denver pick on there. Yeah, because you and Scott were right and I was wrong. Uh, I got you. So you did? Okay. Um, so the podcast got that one right. Yeah. I got it wrong. Yeah, you know, man, we were uh, we were talking about, um, you know, Denver kind of maybe being a candidate to tank the year with them picking lock over Bridgewater. Um, but now I think you know, in that spot, um, like I said, the Giants O-line was, was pretty bad. Um, bad O-line play, like we saw from Tennessee, it's not going to get you very far. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, man, well, I think that only went under by one point. I think right. we kind of had – we didn't really get um, – I know for the over, you were expecting, you know, like a special teams touchdown or something like that. We didn't really get that, that defensive <laughs> touchdown or yeah. special teams, which, right. you know – even just a turnover or change of field that leads to an extra field goal game right. goes over. So right. I think it just, you know, that's kind of that one. We can't really predict turnovers. We can kind of, kind of put what games they're more probable in and less right. probable in. And that was one where we just kind of thought it was more probable and we didn't really get it kind of, you know, the opposite of the, uh, the Patriots and Buccaneers games for us. Right. That's good stuff, man. Thank you. So kindly, and that that helps a lot. And now, got a lot of ammunition 
for next week and sets up tomorrow's big NFL podcast where we make ourselves and other people's money. So this great process, and I think you make more money doing this than anything else on many levels. Uh, final thoughts, Chad. Uh, nothing is a good show, man. I, I really feel like I cleared up a lot of my thinking hearing what hearing your input really, uh, making me feel like, uh, you know, really thought about every pick and, um, you know, what we were right about most of them and the stuff we got wrong. I think we can kind of, kind of correct and, um, and progress and keep, keep moving forward with this season and and how we think things are going to go. Yeah. So you never have to pay for picks. (laughs) All that money people pay, just get them from us and learn how to do your own picks. Yep. Like Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you uh, give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network. That's why this one don't cost $800, and that costs $200. And I don't know what that costs, I'm just shitting the work. That's why I'm